Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Tom Hayes. It is June 1. Can you believe how did June get here? But it's here. I'm broadcasting from the beautiful shores of the Atlantic in Boston, Massachusetts, Boston Harbor, the now renewed, regenerated, beautiful Boston Harbor, and I can't wait for that water to warm up. Anyway, we have a great show today, everyone. It's Upbeat with Tom Hayes and Debbie Lynn Toomey, life healing coach, and uh, Debbie is uh, also a wife, mother, nurse, yoga, breathing trainer, and on and on and on, author, and there she is. Can you hear me, Debbie? Did you hear? I was doing an attempt at your introduction. How are you? Good. How are you, Tom? Thank you for I having me this morning. And I'm so honored you read my poster. <laughs> I love your posters. <laughs> Every, it just shows you the power of the visual these days. Nobody bothers with the script. <laughs> That's funny. That's well, funny. Like the reason Great. that was a good one is because... Uh, uh, your image is uh, perfect. You've got that great smile and all of that. And guess what? I just see that uh, uh, Rosemary is calling in. I think you might have talked to Rosemary in the past uh, from from Maine. So let's yeah. bring her in, and then we can get going. Okay. Hey, Rosemary, how are you? Hey, Tom. Great. How are you? Good. Say hello to Debbie. Hi. Hi. Hi, Rosemary. So, uh, how are you? I'm doing great. I just wonder if I was coming in okay because I am out right now. So I'm just wondering if my single uh, signal. Sorry. Yeah, you're doing fine. Right. So let's get uh, let's get Debbie uh, introduced. I said that you were a life healing coach, a wife, a mother. Nobody mentions wife anymore, Debbie. <laughs> Definitely, I'm a wife. Yes. <laughs> mother, uh, caretaker, nurse, yoga. Uh, are you still doing your laugh yoga? I am. I am. That's great. Great. And uh, breathing trainer, uh, healing, life balance, and, and an author. Tell us about your book. Yes, I just wrote a book. It's called The Happiness Results. More time, more health, more love, more success. Nice. And it's a, it's a, it's a great book. Great. Um, uh Rosemary, I may put you on mute just till because uh, I'm picking up some static, but then we'll pull you in to have you give your comments and stuff. Okay, great. All right. Um, so, how did the book? When did when when? To, to launch, well, first of all, give us your website so people will be able to uh, access all of the great stuff that you do. Okay, great. Uh, my I have two websites. One is health and happiness specialist. Dot com. And for the book, I have a website called the thehappinessresult.com. Great. You know, lately I have been uh, keying in on that word because <laughs> happiness uh, seems to be pushed way, way back in the consciousness of Americans these days. Uh, in fact, there's no discussion of it. And uh, so I'm thrilled. And how did so? How did you come? You know, I'm thrilled that you're bringing it to the forefront. Well, what did you see? What did you find along the way that made you want to focus on it? Well, the I talk about seven different pillars that um, help me create a a happy and healthy life. And there's seven different principles. And uh, I, I'm hearing the feedback, <laughs> Tom. Are you? Yeah. No, you're coming along clear here. Do you want to call in okay. again? Go ahead, call in again. Do you mind if I call back in again? Not at all, I'll not at all. In. Go ahead, and I'll bring right. Rosemary in well, till we get you back. Okay? All right, so uh, she's going to call back in. Uh, Rosemary, how's your morning going? Actually going pretty good. Uh, Describe beautiful the uh, beautiful, uh, what part of Maine are you in? Describe a little bit of it. I'm along the coast. I am, uh, let's say they call it Down East Maine, but it's actually not. Uh, it's closest to Bar Harbor. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with Bar Harbor, Maine. Uh-huh. Uh, about 
about possibly about an hour away from the city of Bangor. So just nestled nestled in along here on the coast. Beautiful. Well, Debbie's back. Let's see. Debbie, are you getting feedback? Um, can, Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you great. All right, good. Yep, no feedback. Perfect. Okay, excellent. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Yeah. We'll be back to yeah. Rosemary in a little bit here. Okay, so go ahead. The seven pillars. The seven pillars that I talk about in my book are awesome. It's an acronym, awesome, and that stands for authenticity, wonderment, empowerment, self-compassion, optimism, Mindfulness, Mindfulness and enjoyment. And enjoyment. <laughs> Especially the last one. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. seems to be another another forbidden word these days. Enjoyment. Well, Nobody talks about that, that. Exactly. A lot of people talk about relaxing and breathing and mindfulness, which is great. But people forget to add play to their day, which is a game changer. <laughs> You're talking my uh, language here. What pro- uh, mm-hmm. in, in order to spearhead something like this, you must have had, uh, it must have been going on something uh, resistance, something triggered the, you know, I'm learning so much lately. I just completed a novel and I'm learning about story writing. I can't believe I've lived this long and loved stories my whole life, told stories and never really understood the mechanics or the principles of a great story. So, and I'm mm. finding out that you can't have a good story unless you've got conflict. And mm. you and conflict instead of being a negative connotation is essential for if we're going to create and so, you know, I know my own uh, conflict with the, the subject you're talking about because I don't see happiness anymore. I don't see enjoyment. I don't see play. And as a playful, enjoying, happy guy, uh, I'm in, I feel like I'm in a dystopia these days. And so <laughs> I speak about it a lot. So what made you want to do, you know, your seven principles and talk about and write a book? Well, it was it became actually the my personal and professional journey to help me step into who I really am and not being afraid of being seen or heard. And it it was a basically it's a lifelong growing pains and a growth and flourishing and create creation that um that you know encompasses the the seven principles, and it's a lifelong process. It doesn't stop here. Everybody's still growing, and I'm still growing and flourishing. But the seven principles has given me so much richness in my life. Great. That I no. want to be able to share to others. Yeah, when when uh, I read about all these great principles of what creates a great story, there's always the conflicts are. Two major categories: outside conflict from the outside, but also internal conflict, which we I'm starting yes. to realize we all have and always will have. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. So I agree. The, because so it was the internal conflict that made you want to express yeah. this. To so, so your discipline along the way of where, right, how you would. Right. Okay. So it what, all starts uh, what, within within us. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, there's also the outside. You know, I'm learning. Right. It's funny. I, I found, uh, you know, the jump starting off point for my spiritual path. I really came. I, I wanted to go to University of Massachusetts and ended up going to Stonehill. And I was disappointed by that. But when I look back on it, I see how that all fit into the plan because we're required to take a, a course in philosophy and a course in theology every single semester. And... Um, required courses and it was those courses that really gave me trained me to be to think in totally different ways but it was western philosophy and it wasn't until i was in my mid-20s and i was dialing through the radio one day and stumbled apart it was 90.9 wbur on a sunday morning and i heard this beautiful english voice deep resonating and he had kind of a, a smoker's uh, hack, a cough, 
and uh, <laughs> and it was Alan Watts. Do you know Alan? Mm-hmm. Of Alan? Alan. Mm, yes, Alan I've Watts. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. In, in, well, if you've heard anything, he's so entertaining and so uh, refreshing. Anyway, it was my first uh, introduction to Eastern philosophies, and he started off the show saying. Uh, the part I hear, I'll never forget it. Who do you think you are? Where do you begin and where do you end? Do you end at your mm-hmm. fingertips? Do you end at your skin? He says, let me ask you, how long can you live without water? <laughs> Who do you think you are? If the sun decided to stop for three days, would you exist? He said, who do you think you are? He says, you are connected to everything. So it established for me, I had never heard that in four years of philosophy and theology, Western, because he says, you are not an ego wrapped in skin. So it is not just this inside. It, in, in Lately, what I'm hearing him, I'm, I've returned to him because of YouTube, and he's just everywhere now, but you know, it's a relationship. Everything is a relationship, how you relate to the outside. So it's the inside and the outside working mm-hmm. on it. And so for you, it was, you had some, it sounds to me, you had some internal stuff you wanted to work through. And and um, yeah. the beauty is it resulted in a book. Right. I mean, it's, uh, I believe it all starts from the inside, the internal, because that's how we filter. That's how we view the world. Right. Some people can see the same world in a positive way. Some people can see it in a negative in a negative way, depending on right. their the way they were raised, thoughts and beliefs, and and all that. So, I did have internal conflicts, so you know, lack of lack of self confidence, lack of self esteem, just enough to make me. Be, I'm, I'm just laughing yeah, a little bit. Make me that, feel. That, that, a lot of that may have come from the outside. <laughs> right. Well, yes, 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 and, and possibly yes, but yes. I ended up owning it. Oh, I understand, but believe and, me, they do. Yeah. They train us. That's part of the game. I'm starting to realize you get trained very well. I mean, it's hard for mm-hmm. a youngster. How does a youngster? You know, it mm-hmm. takes. You know, like you said, you, you've got. You know, it's like your. This is your your story plan is to have. Rece- we all receive it. I mean, families are the worst thing, and mm-hmm. they couldn't be the best thing. But the, mm-hmm. the families, the schools, the society uh, mm-hmm. programs mm-hmm. us. You know, so it does generate from the outside to to establish all of this internal conflict. Mm-hmm. And then, That's right. you know, you move you move out of it. Yes. So bless you, I Move mean, bless you it. that you knew you weren't <laughs> going to be content holding on to a way that you were taught. Right. right. Only because of, the, I knew there was something better. Right. And I and I knew, and I trusted my gut instinct. And I, Tom, you, you and I have talked about our intuition and following the voice. Yep. And I decided one day... You know, I'd rather follow that voice than the self-defeating voice that I have inside me. So no matter what it took. Good for you. And that's what led me to my awesome path. What, uh, you know, for me it was so many things, but Alan Watts certainly woke me up to the idea that uh, I was not an eagle wrapped in skin, that I was connected to the outside, that it was both internal and external and that it was about relationships. So was there one teacher, one book, one... What what started to wake you up? Mm. Well, one of the books, and one of the teachers is Louise Hay. Yep. And then that led me to studying with Sonia Choquette and got trainings and did workshops with her. What was it? And Explain it, her name a little better. Sonia. Sonia. Oh, Sonia. K A T Z. Shok. Sonia. S O N I A N C H. Sonia. Okay. And then Shoket. C H O K 
Q-U-E-T-T-E. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Shoket. Okay. Yeah, Shoket. So she, I learned a lot from her as well as other spiritual teachers around. And learning from also the positive psychology teachers. Validating, giving substance to a lot of the the self-help, a lot of what we used to call self-help. Validating that it does work and there's substance to it. Right. Now, uh, <laughs> now that you're here, or mostly here, and... Uh, <laughs> And of the seven pillars, which one, is there one that overweighs all the others that you just hmm, That's a good question. Let happen? Well, for me, it was authenticity. Okay. And that was the very first thing that I got from studying with Sonia. It's becoming transparent in front of others, not being afraid of judgment, revealing who you are and allowing yourself to be seen and heard. Great. So establishing was, your, your voice, your voice. Mm-hmm. And not being, yes. and it sounds like there's a lot of elements to that. I mean, overcoming the fear, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not worrying about the rejection or the judgments. And being bold right. enough right. To, to know that you are entitled to your voice and to your opinions and to your way of looking at life and living life. Right. Great. Right. So right. if you go ahead, so what else of the seven do you find that authenticity and what was what do you focus on now mostly? What or what's in your life now of the seven that you find that is kind of predominant? Right now, well, last weekend, it was enjoyment. Yes, great. <laughs> because, yeah, because I was, I've been working really hard, writing my book, marketing it, having it published. I needed to give myself a break. So there's element of self-compassion there, giving myself time to just regroup. But the way it unfolded was I took my, my 11-year-old and his friend, out to the movies, we saw Angry Birds, yeah. and it was nice to be with the, with them. But when I got home, it inspired me to to tackle a project that I haven't that I've been procrastinating <laughs> at for the last few months because I used an element of play. I used anger that was inspired from the Angry Birds in a fun way to help me just go through bins of clothes to help me declutter my basement. <laughs> and I and I had fun I had fun doing it because I knew I had a certain amount of time before I had to pick up my son. Because we, when we got home, he wanted to have extra 30 minutes to play with his friend at his friend's house. So, I knew I only had 30 minutes. I didn't know what to do with it. So I said, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to be angry." I'm going to use anger to motivate me, and I'm going to time myself. I know I need to pick up my youngest in 30 minutes, so I'm going to go downstairs and start working through those bins, and I had a great time because what I was thinking all along was going to take all afternoon or all day to do. I was able to do it in 30 minutes. So I used enjoyment to help me become more productive. Yep. And uh, <laughs> that's, I guess, what I'm driving at with my questioning is uh, what is the predominant one? Once the, it, it, it's amazing that, again, especially as Americans, I mean, Americans have lost it. But, you know, if we're going to talk about the outside, it exists. Uh, and, you know, I always hear this, oh, well, it's you projecting and it's you this and this. No, it, there is a reality <laughs> and there are different realities. Uh-huh. And uh, in this town, this is a very work-driven town, very materialistic, very work-driven, very money-oriented. I mean, that's just descriptions. It's not judgment, but it's descriptions of what this town is. It's a very cold town. 
It's not a friendly town. No matter what you do to try to make it that way, (laughs) it's not going to change 500,000 people or more. Um, Uh You know, so... And and I it became I hadn't traveled in a long time and I had spent a long time traveling and recently I've been out of the out of Boston about four or five times. Every time I go out, it's a whole different world. People are mm. friendly. People do talk. It is not this crazy rat race. And so what this ties into this is why I love talking to you about this. Uh, we're living in a tight in an area of the world where enjoyment. <laughs> It is certainly not a priority. Exactly, right. And I must add, the, any of the elements from the awesome acronym can be predominant depending on what you're dealing with that day. So whatever it is that you could be experiencing that day, parts or elements from the awesome acronym will come to play. Once you become more familiar with it. But, yes, I agree. We do need more enjoyment in our life. And in this part of the country, we tend to buy enjoyment instead of create it. You know, again, this is very timely. Very timely because, um, again, Alan Watts was talking about this the other day. And he said, uh, we live in a society, he says, in, in times prior, work was an expression of the individual whether you be a farmer or a craftsman, a tradesman, um, an intellectual preacher, whatever. It was an expression, all of the things that you talked about was an expression of who we were. Now, work has become totally disconnected from anything we are. It is not related to our own creativity. It is work for somebody else, and it is work for money. And he said, before, work was play. It was very closely identified to play. And he said, Mm. now... It's work, and we work in order to accumulate money in order to play. And then he laughs about it. He says, and then you come home, and you're so tired, you don't get to play. <laughs> and you look for those things. So he says, he says, you're not involved at all in play during the bulk of your life. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's why I'm so passionate about bringing play in the midst of people's busy day through my company whether it's doing workshops for them or coaching people or writing this book, I believe that there's a way we could add play to our busy day to fuel success. It'll allow us to have more creativity, more relaxation, more connectedness with the peers that we work with and make us become more productive. So that way we could leave on time get home with plenty enough energy so we could play more with our family or friends. Right. So let me put the question this way then. If you only had 10 minutes with someone and they came to you and said, Mm -hmm. listen, I only have 10 minutes with you, you know, it's after a class or after a thing. What, What can you tell me in 10 minutes that's going to get me closest to what you're talking about, to happiness? What should I do? Okay. Well, first of all, I need to know what they what their life is like. What ten minutes of their life are they meet are they talking about? Is it at home? No, no, no. They're is asking. You've only got ten minutes with them to mm-hmm. give them some kind of guidance. Oh. Okay. What would you tell them in ten that ten minutes? That what is what is a pivotal? What pivotal mm-hmm. advice? What uh, only, that you only have a lot of 10 minutes to talk to this person. You'll never see them again. What would you say to mm-hmm. them in that 10 minutes to get them closer to okay. awakening? Okay. I would tell them to get outside. <laughs> <laughs> to go outside. And play, you know what? And go outside and go for a walk. <laughs> Maybe time yourself. So that way you can create a game and say, you know what, I bet I can walk around this building in less than five minutes. Let's see how fast I can do it. Or maybe I can go up and down the stairs and see how many people I could say hi to along the way. Or maybe I can engage a colleague or a friend or a family member to do the stairs with me up and down and see how much fun we could have. 
Or maybe I could just take out my old contact list on my phone and maybe just shoot a text to somebody that I haven't texted to in a while and send them a smiley face emoticon and see what the response is. Play doesn't have to be games. It could be anything that we decide is fun and playful. Right, and and so basically, what I'm hearing, you know, what I, you know, and I got, my, I have my own predilections here, but what I'm hearing is, be in the moment. Be in the moment. Be creative and be playful. Right. Stop right. what you're doing and just allow yourself that ten minutes to either crumple up some papers and do a paper toss game in your office. Or just go outside and go for a walk, like I said, and take some deep breath and try some Tai Chi move, even though you don't know the whole form of Tai Chi, just moving. Just changing, switching yourself, taking yourself out of the current situation, the stressful situation or whatever it is that you're experiencing and adding more life into that 10 minutes so that way you can go back more refreshed, more creative, more productive. What do you think uh what do you think spurs all of this uh, insanity? And I'm going to I got I'm going to I'm not going to judge it. I'm just but I am going to say it is insanity that we see in this part of the country. Um it's certainly not a balanced everything that you talk about. It's um there's a, there's a huge amount of disconnectedness. There's a huge amount of um Apathy or connection, a lack of a connection to people. What do you think's doing that? It's um, it's a group mentality. It's what mentality? Because it's a group. Yep. The group. They feel that you know, if you worked ten hours out of your designated eight hours, good for you. You're you're doing it for the team, or you're you're really you're one of us. Or if you if you decide to work on a Saturday and Sunday while everybody is resting, hey, you're taking one for the team. You know, people are look up to that, to that burnt out mentality. Or people would say, oh yeah, I I, I pulled a double. I did a double last night. You know, I worked an evening shift and a night shift, and I still made it to my kids' soccer game. And then I did a I threw a cookout. <laughs> So it's, it's that we've changed our idea of what a good life is. No, we've, we've, changed, we've changed it. Yep. Yep, I can't agree more. Let's hear from, I see Rosemary still there. Let's get a little feedback from from Rosemary. You still there? I am still here, Tom, yes. Yeah, do you want to uh, add a little comment to that about lifestyle? You live way up there in Maine, and uh, it's a lot different lifestyle. You're talking about being along the ocean and everything else. What do you think of this? Well, yes, it is a different lifestyle, but the thing is I am completely relating with what what is being said is, in my eyes, everything's become such a rat race. You know, everyone seems to be... You know, everybody seems to have to push ahead from the other. And as you said, you know, no one seems to really know what enjoyment is anymore. Um, I can remember a time back, you know, I, I grew up in the woods in an old log cabin, and I can remember my parents always having these little dinner. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it dinner parties because people would stop in, pull up a chair. And it was simple. It was living simply to simply live, and every and it was there was so much more happiness to it. And it seems like nowadays, when when you run into somebody that's you know so happy and living simply, you do hear others saying such as, "Oh, you know, well, feel bad for them. You know, they they don't have this, they don't have that. You see, so and so's got this, so and so's got that." And it, it's it to me. That's that's not the secret, no. Um, people think that you have to have more in order to be happy, and the truth is, is I feel that if you have everything you need to simply live, 
to me, that's happiness. You know, Debbie, um, you know, I lived through, <laughs> I was blessed hmm. to have been born in 1947 and lived through the 50s, the fabulous 50s. And the excitement that America brought and the creativity and the life-changing music and film and art and uh, just, you know, the, what, what Rosemary's talking about, you know, the, the last of, of a real lifestyle, of an extended family, of neighbors, uh, all of those things. And uh, then to see... you know, what we have today. And when I start talking, I even go there, people... Cr- React in the most intense and furious. You can't do that anymore. That's not the way it is now. And you know, I would wrestle with certain aspects of that. You know, would it, why do we need this? But now I just say to them, "What was wrong with it the way it was?" There's nothing wrong with it. Oh my goodness. And everybody, that's when everybody it. stops. I wake everybody up with that question. What was wrong mm. with what we had? You see, one of the things, I'm, I'm, I tell people I'm the ultimate feminist in that I believe in the amazing power of femininity. As a male, femininity is the most powerful force on the planet. And if you talk mm. to any man about that, he will... He will um, He will concur. He will say, you're absolutely right. And what I saw happen with political feminism was, oh, no, all the power rests in manhood. And we have to, in order to get equal footing, we have to become more masculine. We have to adopt masculine traits. And all you have to do is pick up the Tao Te Ching, and you understand in a couple of pages that the soft always overcomes the hard. And Hmm. so what political feminists. I was there for it. I saw the Gloria Steinem's. I was there on the campus when they were burning bras and hating men and all the rhetoric. <laughs> oh, oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, as a, as a male, you're like, what brought this on? You know, because I didn't see it in my mother. I didn't see it in my aunts. I didn't see it in my sisters. Well, you know, girls, which you, all of a sudden you weren't allowed to say anymore. I didn't see that. And then all of this hate started and this reaction and this move toward masculinity and now i mean someday i will write the book the expose on it all but one of the things that i'm saying lately is they promised you a career career over kids career over family and i was there for it because we chose not to have two people working and my wife was openly ridiculed for being a stay-at-home mother constantly And I laugh now, and I say, they promised you a career, and they gave you a cubicle. Now, how do you like (laughs) your life? (laughs) Because, see, to me, even at that age, I knew, see, there's kind of a curse in being aware and having vision. I mean, it's a blessing and it's a curse, because I would be like, I'm lying around the campus at the University of Connecticut in stores. It's a gorgeous, beautiful place. I'm a graduate student, and I'm trying to figure out ways I, I don't have to go to work. And I'm looking at these, this blind, like the lemmings, just uh, or the penguins following the, let's go to work. Let's go to those big buildings down there in Hartford and, and go in there for eight to ten hours a day and sit in the cubicle. I'm like, are you crazy? You don't want to be home with your kids? You don't want to... See, to me, a career is some of the things we talked about before that Alan Watts talks about. It is being an artist. It is being a photographer. It is being a writer. It is being a, a, a yoga coach. It is being something that you have passion for. Right. And to see that everybody just blindly accepted, oh, that's where meaning is. The meaning is in that corporate environment. And this mm. is the result. Fifty years later, this is what we have. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And people don't connect. So that's why one of the things that I have to ask about is that, that spurred me to want to talk to you is that you, I constantly hear your voice, which is kind of saying it's kind of frustrating. You want certain things, but the outside is always competing for your attention. And you you said in your um, 
in your, the the post that you did that you want to continue because someday you want to live your dream. Right. Okay. And that's kind of the word that hit me was someday. Mm-hmm. Because it really should be I am, don't you think? Well, yes and no. I am living my dream now, but every moment as I'm achieving an aspect of my dream, there's also the bigger picture. And I'm striving for the bigger picture. So as far as living the dream, the the answer would be yes. I'm going to mute mute. Rosemary there. Okay, go ahead. You're living the dream. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> living the dream. Yeah, so, you know, you ask that it should be now, which, yes, it is now, because I'm the, I've never been happier in my my life. And I know that there's something else, there's something bigger and better, and that's what I'm striving for. Does that mean right now I don't have the success that I'm looking for? Yes and no. Again, a part of being mindful and being aware and being present and being appreciative with what we, what's going on right now is a big part of that success. You know, success does not have to be like dollars and dollar signs. It could be just that, you know, I, this is a goal that I reach for myself right now. I've reached it. It's like publishing a book, writing a book. I, I've always wanted to do that. So now that's another thing I can cross off my bucket list. You know, so, you know, having my own company, despite being a nurse most of my career, and being able to stand in front of others, a room full of people, and be able to empower them with, with ways to live a happy and healthy life. That's another thing that I believe is another thing I could cross off on my bucket list. So, uh, and so, but <laughs> the word that I guess I'm having difficulty with is the striving. Hmm. Maybe you could talk about well, that more. Yeah. Well, we're, aren't we living beings, Tom? We're always in the in a phase of growth and flourishing, no matter how old we are. We're always reaching for something. If we don't, then we become stagnant. And that's when... Well, is thrive, I'm just looking for clarification on the word. To me, it sounds like uh, climbing uphill. Why not? Why not? Well, because... Well, to me, I'd like to go, I'd like to, I had an amazing aha moment recently, a lot of them, because like you, um, I've realized, I've had some amazing things, some journeys and some projects I've been working on where I realized the more I surrender, the more I let go, the less I strive, Mm -hmm. the less that it comes egocentric the more mm-hmm. that there's a, an understanding that there's a power, that there's a river I'm in. And mm-hmm. I don't have to strive to get to the other side. I don't, certainly mm-hmm. am not going to strive to get upstream. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to enjoy the ride. This, it becomes bliss. There's mm-hmm. no sense of anything lacking ever. Mm-hmm. There's no sense to strive. Because mm-hmm. I'm being, I'm on a bus that's going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And all I have to do, there's a great book by, the book that changed my life, all of all the spiritual books, was Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. And he put it, he says, listen, between you and where you want to go, there's a thing called resistance. And he says, and it shows up in the form of stress, shows up in the form of fear, shows up in the form of anger, it shows up in the form of depression, guilt, shame, it shows up in the form of alcoholism, drugs, uh, bad relationships, uh, drama. And he says the only way, that's there for a reason. 
it's there to prevent you. It's part of the game. It's part of what's going to, and the way, only way to overcome it is to go to work every day. And when you go to work every day, he said, you will see the muse, as he called it. He didn't care what you called it. But it will come to life. And it will bring things to you that you could have never possibly dreamed of or achieved on your own effort. And I'm in that space right now. And it's an extremely, Mm. it's like Alan Watts said, the only way you're going to get through this is to surrender to that amazing power. Not Mm -hmm. to be the agent of it all by yourself. So it seems to take striving out of it. mm. You see, because... See, so I guess you have to clarify what you mean by striving. To me, it sounds too much like uh, effort. Work? Uh, yes. <laughs> so what, what does that mean? You're striving, right. striving. In other words, I don't have something now, and I've got to strive to get it. Right. You make it sound so negative. Well, it's, but see, striving it, can be. Driving can striving can be having a growth mindset. And that's what okay, I mean that's, about see, striving. That's, that's to me. Uh, well, how about if I throw another word? Aspiring. Aspiring, sure. Aspiring. But there's an element of work, whether you're aspiring or striving. Yeah, but okay, here's where, we here's, are, here's, where we, here's where we really get into it. <clears throat> my, th- my, my take on work, it's not work if you love it. Well, which work are you talking about? Little W or Big huh? W? Are you talking about the big W work, the work? What's the big, your what's work? The big W? What's the big W? <laughs> your big Y. <laughs> your calling. Because oh, 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 yeah, it's, that's just joy. Yeah. That's just simply, that's never work. That's joy. That's joy, and it's going to be delivered to us. But as human beings living in this world, there are times when we need to just kick back and relax and enjoy the bus ride. But there's also a time when we have to tell the bus driver, this is my stop, because they, there's lessons for me to be learned here. There's work for me to do here. And when you're done, well, yeah, but what learning is that? from those lessons. Okay, that's what I need qualified. What is that? Again, that work doesn't sound like joy. What is that work? Well, part of the work could be pleasant work. It could be karmic lessons as well. Right? So we're always unfolding into another version of ourselves. And as we do, there's still elements of our past that we need to work through. Okay. Let me, let me, let me, let me see. This is why I wanted to have this. And I hope that you're taking this all is, is a friendly uh, debate. And and I love it. I try to help (laughs) out good because you see, as Alan Watts says, and, I, and again, he just elucidates some beautiful things. He says, you're going to meet the teacher along the way. He says, what you don't realize, you already are where you're supposed to be. You're already it, the thing that you're looking for. You're already it. He says, but if you insist upon to the teacher, first of all, when you go to the teacher, you've told the teacher that they know more than you do. He says, so by virtue of that fact, you've given them the power. And the, and the teacher, the, the honest teacher, knows that you really are all that you ever will be. But he says, okay, if you want to go on this, he says, it's like deciding to go on this path and walk to the horizon. He says, and you walk and you walk and you keep walking. He says, and then finally, because the earth is round, you just go around and you come back to exactly where you were. So you already were that beautiful Godhead inside you. You already were that beautiful thing. And you go on this quest, and you find out, I was there all along. And all of this work, all of this striving, all of this going, all of this not being in the moment, all of this someday thing that I heard in in what you were saying, that's what I feel we have to get away from because if you get on the bus, you realize all you have to do is get on the bus and do the work. And it's not really work, it's play because it's who you are. It's what you came here to do. 
Nobody has to make mm. me. I write for four or five hours a day sometimes. Nobody has to make me go to I can't wait to get anything that isn't me in front of that computer is a diversion. It's not my bliss. So it all becomes mm-hmm. when, when people understand that they can have bliss in their work, when you talk to an artist or writer or anything else, they don't even know the time goes by. They're so in the moment. Mm-hmm. So when I hear someday and I hear striving, I, it, it, I'm sorry, but it bristles my, the hair on my neck. And I'm like, what are we talking mm-hmm. about here? Right. And that's the problem right. with a lot of spiritual teaching, and it's the problem with today. It's like, oh, someday you're going to be happy. Someday you'll be through this. The weekend is coming. But the weekend doesn't give you any stress because any uh, freedom from stress because all week long you've been running, 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 and all this other stuff is accumulated. So you run and run some more, and there's more disconnection, more da 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 da, da and nobody's in the moment. Mm-hmm. So now My I'll turn. let you. My turn. teachers are very important teachers are very important because there are different types of teachers out there not as many people are and not to put people down has been through the journey that you have so for us or for me for us to say just take the bus and people some people will take the bus not even knowing where the bus is going to take them because they were just told to take the bus because that's bliss. That's where bliss is going to take you. Some people need to experience the pain, the agony, the success, the achievements in order for them to really become the person that they're meant to be. Unfortunately, that's life lessons. So with that comes striving or aspiring. And whether it's from them trying to, you know, do something that seems like work or something that seems like it's a negative thing for other people, some people just need to do that. It's not up to anybody to... Yeah, but do, Some uh, people what? need to take the high road. Some people need to swim upstream. Some people need to climb mountains. We can't are they climbing a mountain and tell them that they don't. Are they climbing a mountain because somebody tells them that you must climb this mountain? Are they climbing a mountain because they have to because climb the mountain? Their, because, because yeah, that's, well, them. Well, then because that's, that's total, their journey. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's in total agreement with what I'm saying. They don't look at climbing that mountain as just work. That's joy to them. Right. What I mean is there's some people, despite what you tell them, will still go against what is best for them. And so they have to make mistakes. And from the mistakes, that's where they learn about who they are. Oh, I, I agree it's, with it's that. Not, it's, it's hard for us to say that, or at least it's hard for me to say you know what, just let it be. Why? It'll happen for you. Why? Why is that hard to say? It's hard Paul for me McCartney to say said that it because best. I know. I find myself in times of trouble. Mother Mary comes to right. me singing words of wisdom. And, and let it be, let right. it be. There will be an answer. Let it be. And that is actually, that's one of the songs that comes to me when I need a sign. But for us to live life 24-7, seven days a week, just standing there and just being is not practical. No, no, it's not no, no, going no, to no, bring no, home no, money. No, 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 You missed the whole point. It is about doing the work, but the work is play. It is about action. It is absolutely about action, but it's not a striving. It's a joy. Mm. Mm. All right, last week I was... Well... Do you know, you know the TED Talks? Right. Okay. The man, I didn't realize this, the guy that started TED Talk sold it about 10 years ago. And now he started something new called the Nantucket Project, which is basically the same thing. And I was blessed to mm-hmm. go to uh, a, a Nantucket Project uh, event last week at uh, Milton Academy in this beautiful amphitheater and had these great speakers. And on the stage, the last speakers were the two, uh, the Nantucket Nectar guys, and the life is good, guys. 
Now, I've been studying entrepreneurship, and et cetera, and the war of art, et cetera, trying to find out what it is, what is the real secret? What is the real secret to, li- to living, to achievement, to bliss? And they asked their stories, and they said, well, now these, were, these are extremely, if, if in terms, not only in terms of society, but also in terms of everything we're talking about, achievement and self, self-expression, et cetera, joy, living in the moment, happiness. These are four individuals who've achieved that. And when you listen to their stories, and to me, their testimony completely fits in to what I'm proposing and what people like Stephen Pressfield are proposing and so many others that a lot of spiritual teachers don't because they make it work. They make it that there's something missing. And that's all I'm saying is, no, you're already perfect. <laughs> you just don't know it. And so mm-hmm. they said, they asked the Nantucket Nectar guys, what were you trying to do? They said, we just got out of Brown University, and we were living in Nantucket. We loved Nantucket. We didn't want to leave. We didn't want to go to work, what others call work, working for the corporation, working for somebody else. So they says, we had a boat. We made sandwiches every day, and we went out and delivered drinks and sandwiches. And we had a blast, and it was enough to get us by so we could stay on Nantucket. He says, and one day we started to get an idea to, to make some juices. And we blended some juices, and we took them. People liked them. Then we opened a juice bar. The next thing you know, we and people are saying to us, gee, why don't you sell this stuff, put it in bottles and sell it? And so they did. And the next thing you know, people were saying, you know, you should do that, 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 that. And they followed each step along the way. And they said one day when the company got big, somebody, the board, they had a board meeting, and one of the board of directors said, how much are you guys making? And they said, I don't know, 20 grand or whatever. And they said, well, we think you should be making 50000 And they said, we were, we were shocked. We couldn't believe the day had come when we were going to actually get paid for this fund. And they said to him, somebody said, did you plan anything? Nothing. We planned nothing. We were having too much fun. We just did the work every single day and enjoyed our lives, and it all blossomed into this. And the same thing, the same story from the Life is Good guys. He says, we got out of college. We didn't want to go to work. We were having too much fun, so we decided to tell we could artists, and we could make up some cool designs and some sayings. So we started making T-shirts and traveled all over the country, going to college campuses, selling the T-shirts. And then one day we drew Jake and put Life is Good under it, and the thing sold out in 45 minutes, and we realized we had something. But we never planned anything. And one of the Jake brothers, this is why I'm so glad about this phone call today, says, (laughs) he came right out and said it without even being asked. He says, you know, this whole thing about work-life balance is stupid. He says it's absolutely stupid because if you love your work, you don't need that. He says that work is a 100% expression of who you are. So it's not stressful, it's not striving, it's joy. And I laughed because I wanted, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up today. So there are four examples of those four individuals that are living every single day. Now, here was interesting. The Nantucket Nectar guy sold out. They're, they're multi, multi-millionaires. You could tell they didn't have it like they used to. They're searching, they're looking, they're looking for meaning. Before they had meaning, whereas the the Life is Good brothers uh, have no intention of selling out or doing anything else because they found their bliss. So that's what I propose. That's the driving, that's getting on the bus, the model that I see Hmm. is getting on the bus, as opposed to, let me try this, let me get this. When I get this, I'll be happy. When I get this, when I get this much money, when I get that job, when I can finally do this and this. And that's... What I would say to somebody, if somebody said 10 minutes, I'd say, listen, find something that you love, that you're passionate about every day. And if you can't do it right now, make sure you do it every single day. And then you watch what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody said to me, <laughs> I had. It's so funny because I, you know, I, I see this. I when I started my little kids' radio show, I was talking to two artists who were musicians, and they beautiful. They had 
tons of albums. They devoted their whole life to music. And right now they're in trouble because the world is so disruptive. It's changed everything. They're not getting the work that they used to. They're having financial troubles. And uh, I could feel the stress in what they were doing. And I've talked about this riding on the bus, and they, even they, who had lived their whole lives creating and doing anything else, were like resisting this notion. And one of them said to me, no, we're driving the bus. And I said, really? I said, so I gave my example. For 40 years, there was a nightclub in Boston from 1967 to 77 called the Sugar Shack. For 40 years, I have been talking about doing a movie about that experience. It was such an amazing club. It was where the greatest soul artist in the world appeared for 10 years. There was no place in the world like it. But I had no idea how to do it. And then I was getting in my car one day, and I was totally broke, ready to lose my house. And a high school buddy came around the corner who I hadn't seen in years and asked me how I was doing and blah, blah. I said, I'm great. I said, financially, I'm a wreck. And he says, well, what do you need? I says, I can't pay you back. I said, don't even suggest it. No, no, no. I said, well, somebody said, for, in order for me to keep my business going, I need a Mac computer. He said, how much? I said, I told you I can't pay you back. He said, no, I didn't ask you that. I said, well, it's $2,000. So he gives me, writes a check on the spot and gives me $2,000. <clears> that that would be what I call a miracle. Maybe other people will give their explanations for it. So I go to Apple. I take, get the computer, and I also buy their, their um, one-to-one uh, program, which gives you all, the unlimited teaching by a, a uh, Apple creative. I took this for three years. One of the creatives is a black gentleman who came to Boston late, went to Berkeley. His wife went to Berkeley. I saw his wife 40 years ago in a little play called Dancing in the Streets. And I told him my story that someday, and he says, well, let's do a documentary. We had zero idea on how to do this, zero. We figured we'd have to hire college students to do the research. We'd have to try to contact the groups to see if we could get interviews. It never got beyond. We tried a couple of avenues that just were blocked. Never got beyond that. And then one day, one of my black friends called me and says, I thought you were going to do a podcast about the sugar sack someday. I said, I am, but I don't even know where to begin. And he said, okay. He said, uh, I have a friend who was there. I said, okay, set it up. And so I did one of my little <clears throat> posters that nobody reads. <laughs> and I found, mm-hmm. I said to myself, gee, I wonder if there's a page on Facebook. And sure enough, there it was, sugar shack. The owner was still alive. So I put up the poster, mm-hmm. and then I got a phone call from somebody who's writing a play called Back to the Sugar Shack. And we all got on the phone together, and we couldn't believe it. The next week, a two-inch thick book of all the research and all the ads showed up at my house. All the research was done, and it appeared at my house. I didn't even have to ask for it. And then off, off that, so in a, since that time, it's been less than a year, we've been in the dressing rooms with Frankie Valli and with George Clinton and with the OJs and the Stylistics and the Supreme, um, the Ex-Supremes and the Four Tops. We have over six hours of footage. And what we do every single day, and Jay Leno was about to give us his interview, every day we just get up and do the work. And the bus takes, so I said to this woman, she says, we're driving the bus. I said, well, I says, if I'm driving it, I'm a lousy driver because I don't know what's around the corner. I don't even know where this bus is going. I have a terrible GPS on this thing. And I said, how can I possibly be driving a bus that pulled up to my house? And I decided to get on. And that's my experience, and that's what I try to tell people is that when you have this dream, somebody, there's a beautiful thing the other day somebody posted, and he says, I hate that, and he was a black fellow, and he says, I hate to differ with Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King did not have the dream. He says, the dream had Martin Luther King. And that is what I have found, is that there is this something bigger than us that really is driving the bus. And that's what you have. I agree. If you're going to strive for anything, you have to strive for that letting go. Well, <laughs> striving, aspiring, work-life balance, taking the bus, being the driver. 
it's all the same thing. Well, no, there's a huge. I strove for years. It's it's all. Well, there's, no, there, when I no the, the huge every, shifts everybody's came. Different. The, no, the huge shifts came with letting go. Letting go and also doing some work. But the work is play. The work is play. But yeah. the work can sometimes be miserable. No, I'll see. I haven't. I don't do that anymore. Well, I, I don't do that anymore. But I can tell you, work can be miserable. Then why do it? Like my kids used to say to me when I used to have to travel out of town. My kids, I knew they they were smarter than I was. They would look at me. Why are you doing it? Mhm. Well, some people and that's my have question. to do it Somebody because tells me this is miserable. I go, why are you doing it? Because all you really have is now. Right. Why would you make yourself miserable? Well, if that if the if the job is the only thing that people have that's going to bring home the money and feed their children, that's what they need to do at that moment. It doesn't mean that they're not striving for something better. But that's what they need to do at that moment. To make life happen for them and also their family or friends. And so that's they, reality. Before my phone, if my phone takes off, I can hear it starting to die here. But I, see, I never subscribed to that because I didn't want to be miserable. See, and what that mindset is, is saying I've got to settle right now instead of doing something about it, instead of inviting the bus, instead of following the bliss. And so what 